Hello and welcome to Nurturing Resilience. I'm Leisha Nelson. This is a podcast for cultivating connection, belonging, and safety through stories of triumph and post-traumatic growth, sprinkled with a little bit of magic. I am so glad you have joined me. Let's dive into today's podcast. Hey guys, so today we're going to talk about fawning, and it's not a baby deer. (laughs) Uh, We also know this as people-pleasing, and I talked about it in my last podcast where fawning was something that my last interviewee did as a child, which is where fawning really comes into place. And I didn't feel like I did a really great job describing what fawning is and why this has such deep implications into how we show up in our relationships. I think there's a common misunderstanding that fawning is something that someone with an anxious personality or anxious attachment style does more so than someone that's, say, the avoidant attachment style. And I don't think that's necessarily the case. That's not what I see. I actually like to relate fawning more to the nervous system itself. So since I've already brought in our attachment styles, I'm going to, I'm going to talk about that for sure today in this quick little podcast about fawning, but something to keep in mind about our attachment styles that I remind people a lot is that we aren't stuck in our attachment styles. I actually look at them as a tendency. I have a tendency to be more anxious. Most of the time, I show up as secure. However, if I'm dysregulated or working through some old patterns with someone, I will have the tendency to fall into more the anxious style. And nothing is set in stone. It depends on your relationships. It depends on who you're interacting with. Although my tendency is to be more anxious when I'm with my mother let's say, for an example, I tend to fall into the more avoidant style. So it just really depends. And that's why I like to remind people that nothing is set in stone. Our attachment patterns, just like our brain, there's neuroplasticity in our brain. And the more that we learn about ourselves and our styles and do our inner healing child work, and work on our relationships and how we show up in the world and process our trauma, our attachment styles change as well. So kind of rewriting the narrative that fawning means or people who are anxious fawn. I'm going to explain why I don't necessarily think that's true or that's the case per se. But first off, what... (laughs) What is this word fawning? What does this even mean, right? It's not not a baby deer, like I said. And it is more of that tendency to people please. And we might fawn in order to diffuse conflict. It's that the thing, the conflict itself might feel too scary to us to engage in. And so we will people please to get out of that conflict. We might people please or fawn to receive approval, get approval of others, show up a certain way so that they like us. 
we might people please in order to stay in a relationship, showing up a certain way in a relationship. This is really instinctual. This is something that's happening underneath the surface. For most of us, we don't even recognize that we're doing it. And it does show up in children. This is where this response gets created, just like our attachment styles. It can definitely be a maladaptive or a survival or a coping response to a parent who might have been abusive or maybe wasn't quite nurturing us in the way that we needed. I hear stories all the time of adults, my adult clients that I'm talking to, and as we start to dive into their history, they don't want to make their parent angry. They don't want to piss their parent off. They know that their parent might unfortunately abuse them or there might be explosive anger if the child acts in a certain way. So the child learns to act in a certain way or behave in a certain way that pleases the parent so that there's not an explosive response. And that's why it can be maladaptive, right? This isn't always a great thing. The problem is, is when we take those characteristics of people pleasing or those maladaptive survival patterns into our relationships. And let's say this child that was abused, that was avoiding conflict, avoiding shaping or molding herself so that her parent didn't explode at her. Let's say she enters a new relationship and this partner is completely loving, completely open and receptive, and there's not a abuse happening here. However, any sign of conflict or any sign of disagreement, this same person might people please or fawn in order for any sort of like maybe a slight discomfort in their new relationship from that exploding into something larger. Because in the past, if she didn't fawn, it would lead to something larger an explosive behavior. So that's why it can be this, this really maladaptive response. Really common examples of what you might hear people say or you find yourself saying is like, I was always walking on eggshells. I never knew when they would, it would explode. I constantly had to shape shift myself. I never knew what mood they'd be in. Other things they might say is, I actually don't know how I feel. My feelings are always dependent upon the other person. They might also say, or these stories might go, I was so worried that they wouldn't care for me. I had to show up a certain way so that they would. So oftentimes, not always, but often, Fawning is a response to trauma. And again, trauma can show up in so many different ways. And fawning becomes this safety or security mechanism where the child learns that by pleasing this person, by acting a certain way, they're avoiding further trauma. And that's why it can definitely be this pattern around 
trauma response, especially in regards to another person. It's regards to someone else outside of yourself and in a way trying to control their behavior because their behavior is too large, too uncomfortable, too abusive to the person experiencing that. So of course, again, I can see why this then might be an anxious thing, right? That it's it's more common for someone with an anxious attachment style to people please, to fawn, to really be dependent on an exterior person. It's really what the anxious attachment style is about is more awareness outside of themselves versus inside of themselves. Everything is projected externally in order to create comfort. So therefore, in order to create comfort, someone who has an anxious attachment style definitely might people please and fawn. However, that's not always the case. There can be incidences where an avoidant attachment style, someone who has a tendency to avoid things, people pleases in order to avoid the conflict, in order to avoid the conversation that this may lead to, in order to avoid closeness sometimes. The avoidant attachment style being more the one where it's like, things are also too uncomfortable and to keep me from feeling these uncomfortable things, I'm going to do whatever it takes to avoid it. And sometimes the quickest way to avoid things is to people please. So I don't know if that hits a ping for any of you. I'd love to know if it does. I'd love to know if anything's resonating and if this is kind of explaining fawning and people pleasing to you in a little bit of a different light. The last thing I want to share and just speak briefly on is what's happening in the nervous system. And why, again, this isn't necessarily like an anxious or an avoidant tendency. It's a tendency for what's happening within the nervous system. What's going on internally in our bodies? So most of us have heard of flight, fight, flee, and freeze. We know that flight, fight, flee, it's hard to say that fast, is more the hyper response. We're running away, we're active, it's a survival thing, we're being chased by the tiger, we're being chased by someone, and we're either going to kick their ass or we're going to run away. And our body does everything that it needs to do that. It releases all the neurochemicals and all the neurotransmitters. It's an amazing response in our body. It's kind of under a bad rap right now. I don't think this is a bad response. We need this response in order to survive. It's how we did survive. It's how our ancestors made it. They knew when to fight and when to, and when to flee. And that just got passed down for the many generations. And here we are. It's not a bad response. Sometimes really is the best thing you can do is to run away. Where it's not a great response is where we think we're in trouble. We think we need to fight. We're feeling under threat and we don't actually need to fight. That's where it can be maladaptive. The other piece that we hear about is freeze. And freeze is literally where we go into freeze. 
this was observed first and brought to our awareness by Peter Levine by watching animals in the wild. And he noticed that the lion would chase the gazelle or the zebra and they would flee. And then after they got away, they would do this shake. They would shake off. But if they didn't get away, if the predator caught the gazelle or the zebra, it would go into freeze. It would literally completely go frozen. And this is also a response, a very wise response by our bodies. Our bodies say, whatever's about to happen is going to suck and it's going to hurt. So in order to protect myself, I'm going to go into freeze. And then our body goes into literal shutdown so that the gazelle doesn't feel as much pain when it gets eaten by whatever's chasing it. Our brains do the same thing. We know that we might need to flee. We might know that we need to fight. We go through that response afterwards. I'm hoping most of you now know to move that energy through your body than to lock it down. When we do a somatic release, we might notice that there's some shaking happening or some movement happening, and that's the stored adrenaline moving out of our bodies. This is getting to be more common knowledge. If it's not, (laughs) let me know and I'll go into a deeper podcast on that for sure. Uh, But in between this flight, fight, flee, and freeze is the fawn. This is where the fawn comes in. And this is more for humans. So we experience what might be threat. We experience something happening to us. And it starts our fight or flight system. It starts that system that goes oh, something is happening. I'm not safe right now. I feel under a lot of threat. In order to stop this threat, in order to save myself, in order to create safety, I'm going to try fawning first and hope that that brings back safety. If it doesn't, then we go into freeze. We go into that shutdown. We go into that completely frozen, isolated state so that whatever is happening is less painful, whether that's physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, energetic. What happens most times is that when we're in that heightened state, when we're not feeling safe, we're in that fight, flight, uh, flee, and we decide to use fawn, a conscious choice, sometimes not conscious, it usually works. And so it reinforces the behavior. The thing that we don't want to feel or the thing that we're not feeling safe from or the thing that we're trying to avoid, we don't have to experience it when we people please. The person doesn't explode. The person doesn't end the relationship. Whatever it is that we're people pleasing around, it works. We don't have to then feel unsafe. The problem is, is that often we can get stuck in fawning. We can get stuck in our people-pleasing ways. And that becomes our new identity. That becomes 
maybe who we are or who the person thinks we are. We begin to shape ourselves. And then suddenly we've lost ourselves to like, well, who, who am I even? Who am I really? It's when we start to do the deeper work, we start to do the inner child healing, we start to look at our attachment patterns, we start to do somatic work and release things through our bodies that we realize whether it was out of anxiety or out of avoidance that we've moved into this place of fawning and we aren't really who we are or who we want to be. And that's where the real work starts. <laughs> it's that awareness. It's the first part of healing. It's, it's creating these connections of awareness of like, holy shit, that's what I'm doing. And I don't want to do that anymore. And then the fun starts. <laughs> then you reach out to people like me or to therapists and to body workers and to um, different practitioners and coaches to start to change these patterns. And hopefully you're working with someone that has an understanding of the nervous system an understanding of how all of this is stored in the body and how we can start to change this from a nervous system level of the fight, flight, fawn, freeze pattern. It's a pattern that is subconsciously happening in the nervous system and in your body most time without you even thinking about it. So hopefully you're working with someone or start to work with someone with that understanding and that is why it's so, so important to address things from a body perspective, a body-based level, not just the mind. So that's fawning. That's fawning in relationship to attachment styles and attachment patterns and fawning in relationship to your nervous system. I hope it was helpful. I would love to know what insights you've had from today's little blurb, anything that you would like to share. As always, you can find me on my website or through Instagram, which I'm much more active. It's my name, Lisha Nilsson. My website is lishanilsson.com. If you have any of these sorts of questions, please let me know. I love to turn them into future podcasts. Or if you'd like to dive into some of that deeper work around your attachment styles, around the somatics, around your nervous system. That's why I'm here. Have a beautiful day. Mm -hmm.